All right, what's up, guys? John Sintes here. Got the podcast back up. I got a legend today, Joe Torrey from Black Sox Baseball. First thing we're going to do is go through my website, check out um, on Instagram. Actually, Joe, would you mind muting your mic right there? Because so we're getting bad feedback, actually. Muting it? What if I go like that? Yeah, actually, I think... Better? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. There we go. All right, cool. Anyway, sorry about that, guys. So um, on the online store, I've got my J-Bands, which I got right here with me here. We got J-Bands on the store. We also got tap-weighted balls. I've got shirts on here. I've got new stuff coming out. Check out the logos. Baseball shirt right here. Um, all on there. Also got weighted balls, uh, flush bands, all kinds of great stuff on there. So wanted to uh, been trying to get the podcast back going. Now I got, like I said, a legend, Joe Torrey. I met this guy back in, I want to say 2014, 2013. We were debating about it just a second ago. Um, I played in the Pecos League, and uh, that's pretty much where I got my start. I uh, came back from a terrible elbow injury. I was telling some people about last time on the podcast. I broke my elbow pitching in college. And uh, after a couple surgeries, getting all the way back, now I'm back playing again. So. Joe, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, right now, you're in America. Why don't you tell everybody where you're at? I want to make sure you're good, dude. We're, I'm not the technology guy for sure. That's why we're driving a 2007 Honda CRV with 272,000 miles on it. We just hit it, 272, driving to – where are we going? We're going to Denver for what reason? To kill time before California spring training. But, uh, yeah, man, so thanks, John. That's awesome you know, keeping in contact with some of these guys. And it's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's like a throwback day because I met John in Alamogordo and I just signed like five players to play there uh, this season. And a lot of guys just literally called the coach from White Sands and we're sending a pitcher there. He's flying from New York tomorrow or in a couple of days. So it's pretty cool. And uh, it was actually a total accident how I met John and a total accident how I'm even doing what I'm doing. I mean, I guess it's not an accident. I guess it's all synchronicity and, you know, it's all meant to be together. But uh, I was just there. We, we had a series in Las Cruces and we had an off day and there was a tryout in White Sands, Alamogordo, New Mexico, which is like the worst place on earth. You know, they got they got security guards outside the Chili's with machine guns. And I'm like, yo, what happened here? And he's like, it's a dangerous town. You know, I was like, yes. So I stayed in a hotel one extra night to go to this tryout. I was with the Roswell Invaders. I was a player coach. After not playing pro ball for like three years, Simon Walters got me back in the mix and I jumped in and yeah, I wasn't playing much. I was like a late inning defense guy and I couldn't hit very much. And I really, I don't even know why I was there. Simon just hooked me up and he wanted me to go scout a showcase that they were going to have before I went back to see if there was was like, yeah, I I go to this tryout in Alamogordo and I meet Mal Fitchman there and I meet Andrew Dunn there. And I meet, uh, you know, just some guys there that other managers. I think that's where I met Chris Patterson. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if Casey Dill was there. I don't remember, but it was it was Joe Torrey, 20 whatever year old Joe Torrey at the Pecos League tryout with a bunch of with a bunch of random guys that were there. And it was crazy. I met John. I met these guys. I still have the list, and I still talk to a bunch of the guys. It's crazy, and uh, that really kickstarted the whole thing for me. Actually, this meeting that I'm talking about with John really people did because what happened was I was trying Andrew Dunn and he's like yo how would you like to work under a big league manager for one day and I'm like yeah I was literally driving this Honda 
down a very similar road. And he said, just turn around right now. And I said, all right. And I turned around and he said, it's going to be for one day. They're probably going to clip you immediately. He's like, Joe, these are big league guys. Joe, you don't know when talks. He's got that like, you know, he's, he, was, he had my back, but he was warning me. And then he said, maybe they'll keep you for three days. Maybe they'll keep you for five days, whatever. And uh, I was just down. So I had to go to El Paso from Roswell or from uh, White Sands. So I called my guy in Roswell like, yo, I don't know what to do, man. They want me to go coach first base or third base or something. And I've never really done that. And you guys are the professionals. I'm not. I'm just Joe Torrey, like late inning defense guy, you know. And uh, you know, I bring the Wu-Tang and the impulse trainer, you know, that, and he's like, no, dude, Joe, you got to go get the experience, see what it is. So I went there, and I walk in, and I meet Tim Johnson, who had, had managed in the big leagues, and I was supposed to work for him until Carlos Lascano got there, and then I was supposed to go home. But the key thing about the whole thing was that the team I went to in El Paso was like 3-23. and 23. We, were, we were horrible. And, and apparently they were going to whack the whole team. They just couldn't. Well, it seems like I guess – America's cell service is worse than Mexico. I'm not sure. Um, I think we're going to we're going to try this again. Maybe we're going to see if we get to a better area or something. I'm not sure, but hold on just a second. All right. Uh, whatever part of America you're in is an issue. You know, you you lost a little connection. No big deal. Um, so anyway, we're saying you were in. Where were you again? You were in New Mexico. You were in Alamogordo, right? And then you were coaching in El Paso or something? Yeah, I was just driving around in the desert. It was crazy. And I wound up, because I had my car, which I always tell my players to bring their car, and out of like the, we've signed like 20 guys so far in most of our stuff. But uh, yeah, Dunn just told me, turn around, go to El Paso, work for Tim Johnson. So I worked for him and one day and he told me keep my mouth shut don't say anything and then they mentioned that they needed some pitching and i said i just saw like seven left-handed pitchers throwing 90 miles an hour in the pecos league and they were like what and i was like yeah like i saw a dude released by the by the diamondbacks a dude released by the kansas city royals and they were like no you didn't i was like yeah i did so in a couple of days i had kyle creech blake cull Blake Cole turned me on to Atmosphere, actually, some California rap, bro, which was awesome. Uh, I had Brandon Godfrey from Roswell, and all these guys came and threw bullpens for El Paso, and they signed them, like, one at a time, like, every couple of days. And and that's where I learned a lot about professional baseball, and I learned a lot about what you really got to do to sign players and, and, and get an in somewhere. And, um... Guys, out and rotation. Freaky was really good, but a little erratic. Cole was good. He had good numbers, and we released him. But we were trying to make a 23 the playoff because I was a nobody, and I was just at a random tryout, and I found some guys just to help the team out, and they stuck for a little while anyway. And that kind of developed my relationship with Oscar Suarez. And then obviously Suarez went over to Joplin. And they owned Joplin for a couple of years, and now they're in Cleveland, and we just played them for three games. I mean, I played them, I think, 12 or 15 spring training games in the last three or four years based off of a relationship that I made when I met you in 2012, you know. And not just that, signed a lot of players, Matt Parrish, Aaron Brill, Josh Evans, Bobby Orozco, Timothy Williams. You know, we signed a lot of guys. Actually, I don't know if Williams ever signed, but uh, 
Yeah, Steve Chapter. Just a lot of guys ended up going there, dude, getting an opportunity of foot in the door. And, and those guys really, I think, respected my hustle and what I did. And that's why we have this relationship that we have today. And they might pick a kid up coming up here if he pitches well and he and he shows that he can pitch up. And, you know, they're um, being around TJ and Carlos and Oscar and everybody, really. Freddie Flores was a big, big-time guy for me, man. He taught me a lot of stuff. Brian Bailey came in about halfway through and took over as a pitching coach. I learned a lot from Brian, too. And I think he was younger than me. Um, he just got done playing. And, you know, I learned a lot from all these guys. And it kind of – the next year they wanted me to go back and coach. But they didn't have enough money. And, you know, I was – I had an indoor facility. It was pretty good, and I didn't really want to throw all that away and go back to the desert where I didn't really make much money in the first place. El Paso, dude, I went home to go to, and there were five players under sleep. And they were supposed to pitch for El Paso the next good old. I let them all sleep in my hotel room, which I didn't pay for. I had to pay for the room. I let four dudes sleep in the bed, and I slept on the floor for like three days. And that included Jordan Marks from the White Sands Pupfish, who just made six errors the day before at shortstop and somehow got signed as our utility guy. And he ended up hitting like 420 for like 60 games. It was insane. Yeah, he didn't play much, but he had these – he had this – I drove my car back to Roswell to play in a game, or I drove to – I drove to the airport – Flew to El Paso, played a game, watched a game. Sometimes I went all, all the way back to even play. But he didn't even play me because we were good and he wanted to win. So, like, and then, so that was how I'd spend my off day. And then in the middle of the night, I'd leave at, like, 4 in the morning, drive back to the El Paso airport, and fly to meet El Paso, wherever they were, Kansas City, Sioux Falls, Sioux City. I did that, like, three times. And then I stopped doing it because it was really killing me. But, um. But I did it on my off days. I, I was probably the only guy in America playing and coaching in two leagues at the same time. Kind of like last Drew and I were in the Joplin and the Topching both teams of stupid shit in the Pecos League or anything. But, you know, it's just we've, we've run into some situations that just kind of catapulted this whole spring training thing. And the next year they wanted me to go back and there was no money. And I was like, and Tim Johnson was like, look, Joey, don't come out here and kill yourself in the desert this shit sucks that's exactly what he said he said call gary templeton with the newark bears and play his team in spring training so i was like all right i'm in so i called gary and i say i know um you know tim johnson and it's like i'm who am i joe tory talking to the guy who got traded for ozzy smith like what the fuck so i'm talking to jonathan Sintes right now the guy's like a legend I'm like, you know it's like i watch you like on tv and um and so i call him and he gives me two spring training games and I'm like taking my men's league team, which which my, my team is basically a men's league team from New Jersey that I needed to find a way to get four or five hundred at bats a year because I didn't play in high school and I didn't play in college. So who was going to give Joe Torre a chance, you know? So, so the Black Sox kind of were just a men's league thing. And then we just started playing the Newark Bears one year. We had the two games. We played it pretty well. We almost beat them. And then uh, one day smoked us a couple times. And then we almost won when I started Kyle Van Vliet, Van Halen. Number 99, kid was awesome. And then um, and then the next year, I was like, wait a minute, if we can play the Newark Bears, why can't I play other teams? So in 2014, there was a new league that started, kind of like a scam league, the IBL it was called, but it actually ended up being a foot in the door for a lot of players, and I got a lot of good players from it. And I played in it myself a couple games during their playoff run. So in 2014 is where I took Drew with me, 
and me and Drew partnered up and he's pitching, catching, coaching, everything. And we had a big league pitching coach and we just, we played them, I think in like what, five or six games. We lost like once or twice. Six games. We were the we best team once and we lost one. Yeah, we were the best team in the league. Like we were the, we were the best team in the league. If we stayed all season, we'd probably lose like five games. But we had, we had a guy from the Colorado Rockies. We had Tyler said couldn't hit it. And, and we signed him. He played Triple A with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, it, it was crazy. But that was 2014. And then we realized since we're pretty good in that league, why don't we try to play? I was getting coaches' jobs in the American Association and all these places, and we were going to try to play some real teams. So we got some good players, and we played some real teams. And Matty Parrish signed with Joplin, and Nate Stewart signed with Sioux Falls, and you know, just we went to California, signed Steve Chapter and Evans and Brill. And we were like, so 2016 came. We were like, let's play all the leagues. So we played everybody but the Atlantic League last year. Uh, the Pecos League, the Empire League, the Ozark Wizard of Oz League, the Heartland Wizard of Oz League, and all those leagues, they won't play us. But uh, And then this year, yeah, yeah, we're too professional for them. And then this year, we played our first games in the Atlantic League. Um, you know, we, we, we did more Frontier League games than we ever did. And it's just been growing every year. Next year, I want to play 80 games. I want to go to Mexico, bro. I'd play in Mexico. I'd play in Canada. I'd play anybody, anywhere. It's just a matter of, hey, man, you know, some people don't want us to play. You know, we're a pay to play. Like, I charge money to play. But I charge money to pay Drew and pay myself and eat. Like, we just want to eat. And we just want to be able to cover our living and pay for the gas and pay for the oil changes and fix the window that won't go up or down and maybe get some air conditioning for the summer. Or like whatever, but <laughs> that's all we're really trying to do. I'm, like the most I charge a guy could be like around around a grand for spring training. I mean, Florida's a little more expensive because we do more of an elaborate training program, and we bring in Carlos Oscanos, our head player developer. We bring in Pelfrey, Simon Walters sets a sixty game schedule for us with scouts there. I mean. more it costs more money but you know it's I, I just one thing learned when I met you bring training invites and you get burned you know it's I learned that hard way man I, I was with Fred Ferreira in the play ball academy in 2006 7 8 dude I paid my thousands of dollars I went to the Nick Belmonte camps I paid the money he told me to go enjoy my lunch which was a fucking a, a granola bar in a box you know, in the corner for rookies, you know, we didn't get to eat real food. And I've, I've been to the tryouts and I did this stuff and I, I didn't play in high school and I didn't play in college. So when I signed in 2009 to play in Italy, I realized how watered down the shit really was and that I actually had a chance because now I'm about to maybe have a chance to make a team and I'm 33 and my last real chance I had to make a team was eight years ago. And how good can professional baseball be if Joe Torre can have a shot? But then again, I put my Okay, so you, you, we lost Joe again for a second. Maybe he'll come back in just a second. But he, great guy, man. Uh, can't, can't speak enough about him. I sent, it, I sent him a couple, uh, couple guys, uh, one buddy of mine in particular up in New York. Um, but I've been following his stuff. He put out some good rants um, on a lot of good things for a while about 
inside business stuff on, on professional baseball and um, oh, there you are. You're back. Um, I'll get you. So I, I lost you for a second there, Joe. You said that um, you were down in Florida, and you, you know you you were just kind of you 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 know like you do, man. Like you when you go Facebook Live and you just start going and talking and talking, you get that engine going. That's great stuff. You know, uh, it, it's awesome that that you're able to provide jobs. It kind of cut out a little bit, but um, basically, like to sum it up, but. So what's your business? You got a business, you got, and, and it's and it's a fair business. That's what I really like about it. You know, I, I sent you a couple messages over over the years talking about, and I like the stuff that you're putting out because I was one. Of those guys. You know, I got to college. I went to spring training up in the Frontier League. Didn't work out. Played in the Pecos League. I just told you the. And when I showed up, they only took me in the Pecos League on one of the one of the teams because I came from the Frontier League. And I get there, and there's literally 50 pitchers there. So I get the smart idea after one of the games to throw a bullpen as the coaches are walking towards me as the game is over, and I'm just throwing the ball as hard as I can, and then I get a start the next day. And that kind of snowballed from there. Then I ended up pitching really good and then got traded to Santa Fe uh, over there with Bill Moore, who's the legend Bill Moore. And um, there, but I, So your business model is, is basically – the, the, a lot of people think in America that there's only affiliated baseball. And then the, the independent leagues, there's not a lot of, of information and stuff from there. But when you are able to information out there and understand that there's probably, I don't even know how many leagues there are in, in America. Probably, I'd say legitimately five or six that are stable and stuff from there, you know? Yeah, that's about right, yeah. So you, you, you get a team to together of these guys, of these guys that pay you for your connections, your training, your advice, and everything, and then you get to go play, you know, play against these other teams in these better leagues, which I think is a giant opportunity. So I think that's where you're going on from there, and uh, that's where I sent you, you know, Paul Perez, and, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned your name to a bunch of guys, you know, like, hey, check this guy out, because connections that I did where I'm at in Mexico now, and I would have sent it to you, you know, I probably would have contacted you because I went to the Nick Melmonte camp too, uh, pitched really well at it, and then they told me that I wasn't good enough. See, the thing is that, you know, the way that you rank the independent leagues and the way that people see here, this is the thing, first thing that people need to People don't understand about me or what we do. That this is a team first before it's a business, you know, and sometimes I'm going to play. and Sometimes Drew's going to play. You know, and sometimes you don't play. Sometimes you don't pitch. Sometimes you go, you drive 500 miles, and you do nothing because it is a team, you know. And I got to have the right guys to win, and I got to have the right guys to sign. And we don't win a lot. You know, we're not a winning team. We don't, we don't just win all these games. Um, but that's not the point. The point is, is to show that you're a good teammate, show that you know how to be part of a team because that's really the number one thing. So I used to kind of just take – you know, what we, we just were lucky enough to get what we had, like to get 10 guys to go on the road and do our thing, you know. And I've been very lucky, and I think it's who you surround yourself with. Joe was saying that it's uh, who you surround yourself with and and uh, going from there, once again, having technical issues. Sorry for the people who are watching this live. Um, I'm going to edit this whole thing together uh, afterwards and, and cut out all the middle stuff. Tally. So. 
Oh, there you are. Got you back again. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I was starting to get out. Sorry, man. We're in it. I was saying we're, we've been lucky to have good guys with what we do because you got to find good guys. This is not a thing where just anybody can pay me and play. Like if some guys send money, I send it back. I have guys that have played for me for you. I send it back. I get I get rid of guys that I've known for years. Sometimes, like I literally just kind of threw a guy off the team the other day. I got rid of a couple teams, a couple guys a few days ago. Because this the thing that we, when we say it, we mean it. Like this is not for everybody. And if you're if you're a guy that can't handle not playing or not starting or not understanding why this guy won't pick you up or whatever, I can't have you. And if you're a guy go to these California Winter League, I can't work for you. Putting your days of fate, you know, whatever happens in that. I, I go at it the right way and you hit. You can make it happen. But you have to be specific with what we do, what you do. And you got to be a good guy. So that's the number one thing is when we put this team a year around, when I, the guys that go to Florida with us and the guys that train in New Jersey with us, the guys that have won championships in men's leagues, they're the guys that make it and play well in these spring training trips. And the guys that don't practice with us and don't do much, but I've heard of, and he's pretty good and whatever, they come out and they might still be a good ball player, but might not be anybody that you would want to have in your clubhouse. And that's a big thing that, for me, this is not just a clubhouse. This is my family. This is my life. I spend more time with these guys on the road doing this than I do with my own family. I don't see my brother. I don't see my mom as much as I see Drew here. And I love Drew. And, and we're like brothers. And so we can't have people that are in our family that are going to be cancers and be respectful and people that another thing that they think is that because they pay money that they're entitled. And for me, it's we're not charging much money. Like the more veteran the player, the more experience they have, the less we charge. And especially if you put in years with me, if you put in time with me, I take care of you. You know, like it's, it's, it's a respect thing. And this thing's only going to go so far. And I know I'm going to be doing it way longer than all the players. So I'm really trying to help them out and do the right thing. And sometimes I get really conflicted because you want to start a guy or you want to, you know, like, for example, we're in Windy City. Hard gets total before the game. Disrupt is upside down. And I had another kid ready to start. That's like my guy. He's like my ace. And I wanted this kid to pitch because it was going to be the only game he pitched in spring training other than, like, a, you know, another bullpen he threw. And we, I made the wrong choice. You know, as the kid paid me, so I felt entitled to play him. And I never should have done that. I should have just started the guy I wanted to start, given him some money back or, you know, told him I'd take care of him down the road. And we, we, we give up five in the first, and then we end up scoring three. So we lose five, three, but we win three, nothing if I don't make that decision. And winning three, nothing is not about winning three, nothing. It's about throwing a shutout. The kid that uh, that could have thrown the shutout was very instrumental in last year's spring training. So it's, you know, it's, it's you get this weird mix between do I want to win or do I want to showcase the guys? I'm in a very difficult situation every inning every minute this guy feels the pressure with me he's he's like this guy's like ice water because i'm bugging out in the dugout pitch count who's gonna throw tomorrow he's falling behind too much he's got runners on base he's not holding runners on the coach doesn't want to see the next guy the coach wants to see this guy another inning now it changes the whole game you know who's on the bench who needs to play who needs to you know it's it's such a difficult thing it's not like just showing up to the ballpark every day and being like all right best nine guys play and let's, let's win the games, you know. Sometimes we do. And when we were getting our ass kicked a little bit here, um, we, we did play the best guys. And that's where we've really changed it to teach the guys that if you're not the best guy, you're here to take BP every day. And that might turn into BP with Cameron Monger and Taylor Oldham 
and guys that have played years of professional baseball, I think that experience is more valuable than playing in some of these games. And a lot of the guys that didn't play a lot on this year's tour, Marvin Montgomery, Elon Trishida, um, Michael Grant, three of those guys just signed today in the Pecos League at a tryout. So was it more beneficial for them to play in the games and get their doors blown down by guys throwing 97 was the first guy that Florence Wrighty brought out of the pen, right? Or where was that? No, the Atlantic League. In the Atlantic League, the first righty, Lancaster. First right, they go three lefties, 91, and then they bring a righty, 98. Is it fair for me to have those kids go, uh, you know, get overmatched? Because because Riley Palmer was overmatched, and Aaron Brill was overmatched. And, and I mean, I know they can compete, but the guy's throwing 98. When have you seen it? So we, we, we made it more of a training program for those guys so they can take effective BP and be a gap-to-gap hitter and know how to use their speed and know how to play defense and know how to run the bases. And it's more important. Yeah, and they still got the professional experience. They still got some at-bats. Elon got his knock in normal. I was so happy for him. Triplett hit a couple home runs in normal, but he's not going to do that every day on a day-to-day basis in the, in the Frontier League. So now – a handful of guys just signed in the Pecos League, and I know for sure that their training will help them put up numbers. So if we can get them to put up numbers, because that's the most important thing. Last year, we signed a lot of guys, and they didn't hit, and they had 70 RAs and arm problems. And you got to have numbers to get out of the shitty leagues. you got to. And, and it's not a shitty league. It's just a shitty situation. It's just, you look where I'm driving right now. I mean, this is where not where you want to play. You know, New York is where the money is, baby. Texas is where the money is. Cali is where the money is. You know, and, and honestly, there's no money in independent baseball. If you're doing this for money, you know, get a, get another job. You know, you know for sure, Johnny, you definitely know that this is not about the money, man. The money is in Hollywood, and that's why you got to start thinking about who's going to play you in the movie. I already got a couple people in mind, but it's about Hollywood, bro. It's about this story. This has never been done before. The Jonathan Sintes story has never been done before, even if they already shot all the episodes of Eastbound and Down. You cannot be recreated, bro. And I can't be recreated, and Drew can't be recreated, and the Empire League, and the and all these other things that are going on. It's like so funny because they fuel the fire of everything that's going on, and it just makes it a lot more exciting. Like as much as I don't want to deal with it, I like dealing with it because it's the reason I have a job. You know, it's kind of weird, but um, that's kind of the story of, of the dudes, man. And that's kind of it's. I could go on forever, you know, man. I'm just kind of driving here in Montana, or I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> that's hilarious that's hilarious yeah so um dude that's so funny that you said that my mom actually tells me that all the time she's like you should write a book or do something or you know get on there and and tell everybody and that's why i started doing this this podcast a while ago you know with with the jared bowser the benji Waite, you know these these guys who who played with me that like were on the tv show the pecos league you know that got such a bad rap from the situation because when I was there, I understood what it was. Like I knew I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was on the team. I was getting numbers. I had talked to someone who was like, look, you need to play. You need to put up good numbers. That's what you have to do. Like if you're not playing, you know, and, and, and a lot of people get, when, when you get looked over in the draft and you don't understand that what you're there for, that's where I think you get into those problems. Like the guys you were talking about that, that are, are expecting jobs just because they showed up. And I, I never expected a job to show up. Once I got there and kind of saw what was going on, I mean, it, it was definitely like, okay, I have to be more proactive about how I'm going to make my connections, whatever. And then I meet this guy, 
I mean, another legend I had on the podcast years ago. I got to catch up with him. You, you probably remember him, Rod Tafoya. Yep. Rod Tafoya, the lefty, the 52-year-old guy still throwing low to mid-80s. You can probably show up right now and carve up any hitter that you want and grunts like Nolan Ryan but still only throws 82 miles an hour. You know, he's got 300 million wins in amateur baseball, counts every one of them, but he understands that when he steps on the mound – He's in for a fight, and he wants to win. That's his whole thing. So it's just so funny with me, but I meet him, and he's got a roommate from when he played ball back in years ago that starting up an expansion team in a Mexican minor league organization and asked me if I want to go play. I did some research on the league and couldn't really find much, and I said, well, it's either that or go back to the Pecos League, and these guys were offering more money. So I've already – you know, I was an all-star in the park Pecos League, so – Let's just see what happens. What What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that happened if I go to this situation? It, do I just – I mean, it was 20 minutes on the other side of the border. Do I just come back? Sure. All right, cool, no problem. So, you know, that's – and then it kind of just spiraled from there. Once I got there, I realized there's a whole big league situation. There's other minor league teams. There's other winter ball. You know, I was, I was real fortunate to play big league winter ball this year, which I think, like, was probably the best thing. Uh, Sergio Romo was on my team, Oliver Perez. You know, and I ended up leading – I was, like, first or second in the league in appearances and then same thing in the season and then the same thing in playoffs. And hopefully I'll get to go back to that team. And, you know, it, being a good teammate, like you're saying, a good person and trying to put out, you know, as much quality information is the whole reason why I started this thing. That's why when I saw you, I saw some stuff that you put out, you know, you were you know, one of your legendary rants, you know, going off about guys that, you know, are – are in it for a business, not necessarily to everybody's in a, in a business to make money, but you know, don't have really good intentions, you know, and that's what I've noticed was genuine about you, even from the beginning. I mean, I think you and I spoke like 10 minutes. I doubt you even remember me speaking. Like I remember Simon talking to me and being like, where are you from? Who are you? What's going on? I'm like, I'm from the small town of Florida. And you know, I had thrown against you guys. I went like seven innings and Alamogordo didn't give up a run, struck out, I think, 10 or 12 or something like that. Everybody was having big debates that I was throwing sliders the whole time, but there was a cutter. And it was, you know, just a just a funny situation. And then the more guys I met, the more it was like, oh, okay, like, wow. Okay, so if we, if we had a radar gun here, you are throwing 90 miles an hour. Why can't you go play here and do this and that? So I think it's awesome that you're just giving guys opportunities, getting eyes in front of the people because – you know, I went to some of those camps that you had mentioned, too. I mean, I, I think the first camp I went to, I struck out all six guys that I faced. And then they told me I didn't have the stuff to play at that level, which I was confused because they had signed three of those guys that I'd struck out. So I was just on their their general perception of me. They saw my velocity. And I'm not a guy that, that really goes out and tries to blow things by you. I, I want to make it dance every time that you get in the box. I don't want a straight ball at the same speed, at the same height, at the same location, anytime. I want to make it as difficult as, as you can on you. Know, that's really what helped me in winter ball, being a reliever and coming in and, you know, curve slider change, fastball. Like, what you know, everybody's, like, expecting a different thing and understanding that you got to be on your A game when you get when you get in the box. So, you know, I do all that, and then just kind of get overlooked. And it's like, okay, well, that's fine. You know, I'm not, I'm not offended. It's your opinion. I'm going to keep going. And I wanted to thank you for what you're doing because I think it's awesome that you are going around setting up games. And if I can help you, I mean, I'll 
I, I, when you were talking about you want to play in Mexico, I thought of a guy right away. We'll talk about it off the air. I got, I got a phone number. I will give you this guy's phone number, and he's got. I got some ideas for you. So I think that you know, I, I want to help you. You know, because it, there's, I got a, a, a message from a kid that uh, is in his senior year, and recently was just like, hey man, um, I know you're playing out of Mexico. Uh, you know, if you remember me, I, I threw at the college that he was. Uh, um, at and then ended up going to the college that I went to and he's like I don't know if I'm gonna get drafted or not but you know I just want to know because it's a month away and if if they don't tell me if I don't get drafted then baseball's over I'm like wait 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 baseball's not over bro don't don't even go with this baseball's over stuff man I'm 31 years old and still playing professional baseball you're you're 22 you're fine like you will find a job there's plenty and I told him told him about you told him about uh, you know, the other independent leagues, like what better options are and stuff, if it doesn't happen. And I said, people still get signed out of that, you know? And so he was, he was much more accepting of like, oh, okay, it's not the end of the world. Like, obviously, you know, there's this thing that a lot of people don't talk about, this depression level of you get to your senior year. And the one thing you've done longer than school is baseball. And you now it's done and school's done. Now, what in the world do I do? And I think that's an awesome service that you provide. And you don't have to thank me. It's kind of because everything that I've kind of done has been, I don't want to say it's not an accident. You know, it does, it is all, but I'm not a guy who's very like, uh, you know, all things happen for a reason. Things happen because you put yourself in those situations because you have a thought and you want to, and you, and you act on that thought. Most people don't act on the thought, but the thing that I, that kids have to remember is, and I I don't know how to, I don't want to say that. I, I try not to say this in like a cocky way or anything, but I'm 33 years old and I'm better than some of the guys that I have. And I'm better because I play 150 games a year, whether it's in a men's league, whether it's down in South Florida, whether it's in spring training, whether it's whatever it is. And if I have the chance to play, legit have a chance to play, someone might at 33 for you at 20, you know, the thing is that these 22 year olds out of college have to realize and it's the hardest thing to explain to them is that it might not be right now. It might be in three years. And if you can't accept that, then then you can't play or you're not going to make it because you are going to be depressed and you are going to be upset and think and worry about your situation. And you really can't do that. you got to work on what you're doing and just keep doing your thing because as soon as you get distracted, someone else is going to take your job. And that's where one thing for me to keep playing and learning and doing what I'm doing, I learned from younger players. I'm learning from guys that are better than me. You know, I learned a lot about playing shortstop from Michael Gonzalez when I was in El Paso uh, for like 70 games watching that kid play shortstop, and, and I take ground balls with him every day. You know, I learned just as much from him as I did taking ground balls from Bryson Bell and Josh Cakebread in the Pecos League because they were playing on totally different fields. They're playing on shitty fields, you know, and I learned a lot from Louis Parache. Um, kid who played five years in the Frontier League. You know, all these guys are younger than me, and I'm learning from them. And the thing that these other younger players don't understand that they did understand is that you're not all going to play in the Atlantic League. You're not all going to play in the Can-Am League. You're not all going to play in the American Association. You might never make it to that level. And it's the reason is not talent. Like you said, you went in and struck out six guys at a tryout. But the more I learned about tryouts or that I learned right away was – who did you strike me and drew out six times? Because you should have, you know, and that's where players, they strike out, they, they, you know, the velo's there and they strike some guys out, but they don't realize 
who are you credibly facing? And that's why I don't agree with things like California Winter League, the Arizona Winter League, the, all these Winter Leagues. And guys say, I hit 475. Yeah, off of who? Rosario, because he had $4,000. And you got all your hits up the middle because I'm 30 years old and I can't get there anymore and I should be playing third base. So it's like, credibly, what are you doing in professional baseball to really be a professional? And that's one of the main reasons I provide the tour and what we did here is so you could drive down this beautiful road here with absolutely nothing on it and know what it's like to be a professional. And you can go in a locker room and pay your $7 a day in the Atlantic League to the clubby. And you can go and you can not get enough food after the game in in this city. And you can not want to take a shower because it's so disgusting in this city. And then you could not have a locker room in the Pecos League or wherever in California. I want them to experience what being a pro is really like. Because if I didn't experience it, I wouldn't have embraced it. And I embrace it because, if for me, this is challenging. It's more challenging just to get there, not to play the games, but just to get there. And if that challenge alone is good enough to motivate you, then you'll make it. And these dudes need to understand that 22-23, and this is the hardest thing to explain. Oh, man, we did. Oh, I heard something. Sounded like uh, we lost them for a second. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I'll continue on with that with him, but I totally agree. I, um, be, me personally, being three years out of college and, and finally getting an opportunity to, to play baseball, I, you know, there's a couple times in my life where I've actually been like, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, you're, I'm supposed to play baseball, you know, and it's, I feel fortunate that I could actually – learn that about myself and and be like oh okay this is this is satisfying this is what i'm supposed to do and i you know a lot of people just get a job and stop start working and you know i've never been a desk job guy i hope i never am and this is why i do this and do a lot of other stuff so let me see if i can get joe back on here real quick and see if we can figure this out okay so lost joe happens probably my connection here in mexico and joe in the middle of nowhere driving to denver um, probably gonna have to try to do that again with him. He's got a ton of knowledge and a ton of information and stories, and yeah, obviously he can rant. Um, you're gonna have to follow him on Instagram. Check him out on Black Sox Pro Baseball at Black Sox Pro Baseball. Awesome follow. He's always posting good stories on his Instagram. Um, I'm sure he'll be able to tell you a little bit more about that stuff. But if anybody out there is looking for an opportunity, uh, to get seen. That's pretty much the whole thing behind this is, is get an opportunity, get seen, do what you got to do. Um, contact him. Uh, you can contact me and I can pass along information um, to him. And uh, yeah, so last thing, uh, don't forget to um, check out the store. Got the shirts. Uh, I like this baseball style uh, tri-blend. These are the most comfortable shirts I've ever, I, I, this is all I wear now, tri-blend um shirts i'll have probably one of these on the uh store pretty soon we'll be having that so uh check that out also don't forget the j bands never can leave home without them always get stronger and then the tap weighted balls i'm probably gonna throw this guy in just a little bit so awesome appreciate it thanks to everybody check it out uh link will be in the description for the online store also contact joe check me out on instagram go from there don't forget throw hard